Blog Talk Radio. Cowboy. The following feature was originally... Because we don't know that much about the paranormal phenomena. It could be true. 
Hello, this is Dr. Jillian Holloway. And this is Meredith Smith. This is Dr. Lynn. This is Jim Tucker. Hi, this is Brian J. Cannell from Sci-Fi's Haunted Collector. Hi, this is Heather from Hopkins County Paranormal Society. This is Keith Johnson. This is Matt from Project Soul. This is Sydney Smith. My name is Bob Merck. This is Norio Hayakawa. This is George Lopez, and you're listening to Paranormal Kool-Aid, part of the Dead Air Paranormal Family Radio shows right here on Block Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to tonight's version of Paranormal Kool-Aid. How about that new theme? Bill totally outdid himself. Girls, you there? Uh, I'm here. So so what did you think? It was pretty I bad. love Ozzy. I love Ozzy. <laughs> I know. It, you know what's really cool is it just it just captures us, I think, 100%. It took him a while to try to figure out exactly who was, uh, who, who are, what our personality was, and I think he nailed it. I think Ozzy Osbourne truly, truly, if, if you girls, if, if any of you out there in Paranormal Cooley land get to know us on a more of a personal level, you know that all of us are rockers. So that was awesome. Thank you, Bill, for such an awesome theme. And it's going to get better because I tell you what, it was not ready tonight. But when I heard it the other day, I was like, you know what? I have definitely, definitely got to get this on the air as quickly as possible. Uh, so it's still, it's going to be changing. It's going to be evolving. Um, let's go ahead and, 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 you know, let's get this on the, sh- on the show ASAP. So, uh, Bill, again, you're awesome, dude. Great things coming forward on Paranormal Kool-Aid. You all have no idea all the cool stuff we're getting ready for. Miss Chandra, how Uh-oh. is your short, short week this week? Oh, awesome. The weather, I, it literally broke. So just been enjoying, uh, completely enjoying. I've been out running, working out, getting outside. My yard looks beautiful. I, got fla- I planted. We got flowers. It's amazing. So good times, good times. Awesome. I did a little bit of gardening myself. What about you, Miss Jamie? Where have you been hiding out at? Well, I haven't been home for like five days because I've been at my boyfriend's house just partying up. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't been partying, but been just hanging out. I literally got home like 20 minutes before the show and turned on my computer and was like, what's up, guys? I'm ready. And uh, that's what I've been doing. I had my yard sale and that's it. So, yep. I'm excited for tonight's show. Very much yes. excited. So. I am too. Can you girls believe that in just a short few, I think either this show or the next show is going to mark a half a year that you all have been on the air with me live every Wednesday night? I know. It does not seem like that much time has gone by. That's oh, so I know. Fast. It cracks me up because I remember like the first days when you guys were like, "Oh my God, what's going to happen?" <laughs> blah blah blah. Uh, you know, and, and you guys are. What I'm doing, run. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I I love you know what the best the most fun thing about doing this is throwing you all curveballs. And last Wednesday Which I threw like, you. Oh my a, God. I threw you all a big one, didn't I? Yes. What are you thinking? <laughs> 
How could you leave me? You left me to the dogs. Oh, my God. That was so freaking awesome. You have no idea. But it was you beautiful. You can only see the background texting that went on. The mad texting. Oh, yes. Help me. Help me. <laughs> what did I ask now? And it was everybody. It was it was Jamie. It was Chandra. It was Belinda. It was Bill. It was Scott. It was awesome. But you know there what? You all, you all did tears. it. You <laughs> all did it. And that's the most important thing. So I know that if I die, PKA will live. No. <laughs> you will not be doing that. No, sir. Yes, yes. So, um, girls, tonight... We have an awesome show. Uh, Jamie and Chandra, I mean, we got Mark and Debbie coming on right now. I believe they're already in the queue ready for us. And, and then we're going to have, in the second hour, uh, Mark and Debbie are going to stay on with us, which is an awesome treat to get them to come on with Rabbi Sidney Weinberg, I believe. And I, and I always mess up names, but, you know, I apologize, Rabbi. Um, it's kind of interesting, I know, because you should yeah, – you should you should see the amount of questions that go into or the the production that goes into these shows. So to be able to have you know you have such a high caliber you know group to talk to tonight, it, it's crazy. I, I know um, Jamie and, and Chandra, you've got to have your minds have got to be exploding with the questions that you're going to ask. You know Mark and Debbie, and then you have to almost kind of completely switch gears and possibly take a spiritual or maybe a superstitious kind of. Uh, approach to talking with Rabbi Sidney because not a whole lot of people realize that there's a whole lot of faith and religion and spiritualism when it comes to ghost hunting and, and to get uh, somebody like Rabbi to come on and talk with us tonight uh, about his experiences and about what he believes and his belief and, and his stance on things that, that that's awesome to me that's that's radio gold right right so uh, I, I tell you what Bill, let's fire up that uh, uh, that that uh, ten million dollar you know studio audience that we have back there, and let's go ahead and let's get uh, Mark and Debbie on. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Anyone? Anyone? I guess he's it's having Bill Bill, 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 Bill. You know what? We are having technical difficulties. I'm looking in the studio, and we are dropping callers. So, Mark and Debbie, if we have a problem, we will get you on back really quick. So, uh, Jamie, are you there with us? No, we lost Jamie. So, Chandra, it's just you and I tonight, the Chandra and Chris so. version of it. For yes. For a few minutes. <laughs> So, uh, so while we while we get the studio fixed up, uh, Bill, if you can hear me, go ahead and just message me in the in the, in the host chat and let me know uh, what, what's going on. The messages that I'm getting on uh, on instant messenger are awesome. Uh, thank you all for for doing what you do and, and letting me know how much you love the show and hearing us every Wednesday night. Um, so tonight. Debbie and Mark, EVP specialists, they've been on Ghost Adventures a gazillion times. Um, I really can't wait to hear and talk to them about, about stuff. Uh, Jamie, we still cannot hear you. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I tell you what we're going to do is, she's, Bill. She's having technical difficulties. She's uh, she's there. She keeps asking, are you hearing me? Like, we're not hearing her, so I think something's going on with her mic. Yes, let's go ahead and let's do this. We're going to take a quick unexpected break, and uh, when we come back, we'll get this fixed out really quick. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take over the board, and let's see, what kind of music can I play for you all today? Uh, um... <laughs> Let's go ahead and we're going to play we're going to play this really quick song and we'll be back in just a second. Kool-Aid. Uh, those of you in the chat room, can you do me a favor? If you can hear me, say, Chris, I can hear you in the chat room. I'd appreciate that. 
Chris, I can hear you in the chat room. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, there we go. Woohoo! Awesome, Sandra. <laughs> All right, uh, Debbie and Mark, are you are you with us now? Right. Yeah, there you go. All right, everybody, welcome the famous Debbie and Mark Constantino. Welcome to Paranormal Kool Aid. Uh, this is a show that we have all been so excited to have you on board for such a long time. It, I can't believe it's actually here. Um, Mark and Debbie, I've never really spoke with you. I've messaged a couple of times on Facebook, but uh, I tell you what, I'm honored to have you on our show. Um, it, it's it's a show that we've been wanting to do for a very long time. So thank you. We're gracious to have you on tonight. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to also, you know, I got two co-hosts that help me out every single week, uh, Miss uh, Jamie and Miss Chandra. They do a really good job of of helping balance, you know, the whole the whole show out. And they're 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 a newer group. They're they're learning stuff. So I'm really excited about them getting to be able to hear you all, you know, EV, your EVP geniuses to to most of us out here. So you know, welcome Jamie and Chandra. You got the Constantinos on the air with us. How do you feel about that? Wow. I'm like fangirl right now. Watch out. Uh, (laughs) Awesome. So, um, as you know, we have a a pretty broad audience, and, you know, we have some people that are actually overseas that listen to us. So um, what I'd like to do, Mark and Debbie, they may not have the the ability to know exactly who you are and why we're so excited. So I'd like to give you all the opportunity to, to let, our callers and our listeners know exactly why we're so excited to have you on board and, and why, why we will call you EVP specialists. Why are well, you guys? Yeah, I, I really don't know why you're so excited to have us on board, but, <laughs> but, you know, what we basically do is EVP, and I guess how we kind of coined it was to play it back right then and there. Uh, you know, we've been on Ghost Adventures. We did the live episode, Halloween. We've been on, like, 10 or 11 episodes, Paranormal State, Dead Famous, and we're just haunted people, and, you know, we love the paranormal, and I don't know, you know, that that's basically who we are. Why you're so excited, I still can't wrap my mind around, but, you know, um, so where are you guys based out of? Are you based out of Texas? Well, see, that's the crazy thing. Um, I'm, I'm in El Paso, Texas. Jamie, you want to tell them where you're from? I currently reside in Mississippi. And Chandra? I'm in Corning, New York. And our producer, oh, Bill, awesome. is, in Col- is in Colorado. And our chat host, Jan, she's in Wisconsin. She's a cheesehead. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, good. So you, guys, so you guys got a, kind of a vein through the, the all, United States. So you got all, all bases covered. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, and then the crazy weeks that we get, you know, Scott is our third co-host, Scott Grunewald. So we also get uh, that we West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> we get that crazy West Coast person on here every once in a while. So uh, Yeah, we- yeah. So, um, so explain to us. I mean, I, I think the, the the main question that we've, you know, I want to know since I'll start the questioning off is, when did you all learn, or what what made you start doing EVPs, listening and recording? Well, uh, God, every well, long story. I, I say this on every show, but I was like raised an only child in a haunted house. And so I always attributed it to the house. I left the house when I was, like, 16, 17. And then I realized, hey, it's not that house. It's every house is haunted. And so I met Mark when we were about 24. 
And long story short, every apartment, every everything we moved into has always been haunted. The house we live in, we built from the ground up. Some of the best DVPs we ever got, you know, were from our own house. So I started basically, you know, before all the shows and before everything, you know, I was always into it. My hero is Lorraine Warren. I mean, back in the day, you had no shows. All you had was Ed and Lorraine. Hopefully, you'll catch him on Channel 7 doing Sally, Jesse, Raphael, you know, and so that that that's kind of what kept me going. That Amityville, Hans Holzer, you know, kept me sane as a kid. And you know, every you know, and we have two daughters, 22 and 23. And you know, when they were little kids, we would go on family vacations, and we wouldn't go to any vacation. We would go to Lizzie Borden's house, and we would have to have the haunted room. And it was kind of like I don't know. We were kind of like jaded the area before it even began. I guess you know, paving the way, but. Well, he was asking you. He was asking you how you started with EVP, though. How, well, then, well, correct me. Why don't you? That uh, as far as I guess, I don't know. I would say maybe when we bought this house 15 years ago, you know, I would see things. I would constantly see things. We experienced so much stuff, and you know, I wanted to prove it. So we're members of AA EVP, which is a worldwide organization. I think they're. Uh, I think they've moved on with their name since then, but. You know, we've always been interested, and we go to conferences, and that's how we started. And, you know, I would see things at the corner of my eyes, so I would, you know, play back right then and there in the house. And I'm like, I think I see you. And they're like, yeah, well, we, we know you did. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty tangible. And I'd have Mark listen. And that's pretty much how we got started with the playing back right there. Awesome. Wow. J- Jamie. And so, Jamie, you, you, I'm going to go ahead. I'll throw it to you next. I, I know that both of you guys want to go, but we'll just – Go to Jamie. Okay. Jamie, what you got? Cool. Well, first, before I start questioning, I want to remind everybody that you're listening to Paranormal Kool-Aid. Now, we broadcast live every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio and Ghost Tales TV. You guys got questions for Debbie or Mark, give us a call, 646-929-2384. And you can also ask your questions in the chat room, and Jan will get them to us. So, of course, I have a ton of questions, and they just keep popping up when you guys are just talking and stuff. So, you... You said you lived in a haunted house when you were growing up. I also lived in a few when I was growing up, too. But would you be able to tell us a little bit about what transpired in the haunted house when you were growing up? Well, you know, to be honest with you, the earliest I could remember I had to be maybe, I'm so bad. Like, I don't know how people do that. Like, when I was two, I remembered this. I can't vary what age I was, but maybe about seven, I guess. You know, something came through my bedroom door, and, you know, it looked like black smoke. And the smoke rolled, and as the smoke rolled, it came to the foot of my bed. And as it came to the foot of my bed, I started getting paralyzed. Like, I guess a lot of people would say sleep paralysis or old hag syndrome. But I watched, it looked like a woman, uh, and she had long sleeves pointed. She moved the palms of her hands open toward the foot of my bed, and both hands open, and she's wearing a veil, and I had sleep paralysis. And I couldn't move, and anyone that's ever had it, you know, it's kind of like a fire could break out right next to you. You can't move, you can't scream, you can't do anything. The only thing that will, you know, and I've had it many times. I've even had it, you know, in this house when we came back from Rolling Hills. But, you know, I didn't feel the bed go down at the time, nothing like that, but I actually saw it. And it was like at that time where I said, well, you know, this is definitely, I had never heard about it. You know, I went to I didn't go to Catholic school, but I went to catechism and all that, you know, just because the other kids in the neighborhood did. I didn't really pray much. But when I prayed, like, I I can't even explain it. I was always born knowing God was real, 
and I was always, I always knew ghosts were real even before I ever saw them. And so I saw this thing, and I tried to remember the, the words to prayer. And I didn't remember all the words, but when I started praying, and I couldn't even move my mouth. My mouth was kind of pushed in my pillow because the way I was sleeping. And I started hyperventilating when I saw this thing, and I thought I was going to suffocate, and I'm starting to panic. So I start to pray. Well, as I'm starting to pray, even though I didn't know the words as a child, whatever it was, the hold broke. It was like, you know, somebody poured cement on you, and all of a sudden, you know, I would say by the grace of God, literally, it broke. And, you know, it's really odd because years later we became friends with Father Andrew Calder, and I discussed this. And he said, well, if that ever happens to you, you know, you just start praying, even if you can't say the words, think them. And, I mean, lo and behold, when I was like seven years old, he's exactly right. I didn't have to say them, but, you know, as a kid, you're pure, you believe, and I guess that purity and that belief broke it. But, I mean, that happened in the house. There was also a time to where, and this only happened in that house in New Jersey, but uh, it, it would be in the kitchen area. And we had like a, it was back in the day, you didn't have cable, you didn't have anything, you know. And so I would sit in the kitchen, and there was a little black and white TV on the kitchen table. Then there was a porch door, and then there was a door that went into the hallway in the cellar. Every now and then, I would see stuff at the corner of my eye, and it was very short. And so I would see it, and I would see it pace back and forth, or I would see it with its arms behind its back, kind of just moving from one foot to another, kind of just shaking back and forth watching me. And then I got so good at, like, my peripheral vision that I would stare at the TV, but I would, like, look at the corner of my eye, and I got, I don't know if it's from my third eye or how I did it, but I would get to see what these things look like. And the only thing I could, you know, even acquire it to is little people or gnomes. I mean, they literally had hats, they had buttons, they had shoes, they had facial hair. You know, I don't remember seeing one without a beard but they were like little people. So to hit like a 10-year-old with like, hey, not only are ghosts real, but hey, there's something in a different, you know, dimension that actually has clothes that fit them. You know, when you're a little kid, you're thinking, wow, man, they don't have clothes like that. Or like, what are they, big Barbie doll clothes? Or like, what the hell is going on here? And back then, you, you had nobody to Google. You didn't have computers. You had nobody to help you. Are you guys still there? Yeah, we're here. We're yeah. listening. Oh, okay. Well, Mark, because I can't hear you, Mark, but I can hear them. But but anyway, so that happened. I mean, I know I had Mark actually moved my mother out here to Nevada, and when he was out moving, I gave him a recorder. I'm like, you have to record, because I never recorded there. And, you know, by the way, the house was actually in front of a cemetery to where you could stand in the backyard, and the only thing separating the house from the backyard, the, well, I should say my father's grave from the backyard was a chain-link fence. I mean, this house was, like, creepy, and my mother loved it because it was nice and private because nobody went in the backyard. Well, there was a lot more people going in the backyard than she thought. But, <laughs> but anyway, so he helped my mother move, a gamer recorder, and, you know, he tells me, well, the batteries died. But you tell your story because you were there and I wasn't when you heard the growl. Well, no, I, I mean, I was really busy, obviously, when, when, we, when I was helping uh, my mother-in-law moved, but, you know, I was kind of, every chance I got, I would kind of engage whatever, you know, I thought may be there, and there was a time that I heard a, a growl, and I was like, okay, that's enough for now, and then, um, 
you know, when I would go to sleep, I was always so exhausted because Deb's mom or my mother-in-law is kind of like a pack rat in a way, <laughs> and not that bad, but there was just so much to be packed before the movers came that it was like from 7 in the morning to like 10 o'clock at night, I was just throwing stuff in boxes. And um, I sle- I ended up sleeping in the same bed that... Debbie slept in when she was growing up in, and I was turned to the side, facing the wall, and I felt, I literally felt and heard somebody breathing on my neck, Mm. and I just said, you know what, I'm way too tired for this, you guys need to stop it, and it stopped, but it it startled me, I mean, it it scared the hell out of me. At the same time, though, if I could add, like, you know, I think when you're in the trancey state, when you're just so exhausted, you can't fight exhaustion. I think, you know, as I guess as sensitive, that's the best time to read somebody because your inhibitions are just so tired and everything is so tired and you're literally in that trancey state, you know, and it's like you can't fight, hey, this doesn't exist or this isn't real. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm seeing the center of the onion right now. This is how it is. That's that. Listen, what I have to say, and I'm going to bed, you know. Wow. And that's the way it was. But now that you mentioned my bedroom, though, what was really odd is, and uh, I don't, I still Debbie, this day Debbie, don't know real, what it is, but really quick, the I apologize, Debbie. Oh, but go we, ahead. we got a we got a hard break here. We're going to take. It's going to be a really short one. Uh, we come back. Chandra's got. We've already got tons and tons of chat questions coming up for you. So uh, we'll come right back after this quick short break. Everybody, stay tuned. <laughs> Have you got color in your cheeks? You ever get that feel that you can shift the tide that sticks around like summer's in your seat? Next week on Paranormal Kool-Aid, Ruben Urerte and co-author No Torres joins us in our first hour to talk about their research in the UFO phenomenon. Ruben has been involved with a large network of research organizations. Ruben has been interviewed on many local and national radio shows and television documentaries on the subject of the UFO phenomenon, such as the Discovery Channel's UFOs Over Earth, the Learning Channel's Monster Hunters, and the History Channel's UFO Files, UFO Hunters, Ancient Aliens, and the Travel Channel's how UFOs Crashed My Vacation. Joining us in our second hour is Al Kay from Willow Creek Farm. It is considered by paranormal investigators and others to be one of the most haunted private residents in the state. All next week, right here on the Paranormal Kool-Aid. Oh yeah. Hi, this is Karen Ronkowski, and you're hearing me on Paranormal Kool-Aid, my favorite flavor of Kool-Aid. And everybody, welcome back to the Paranormal Kool-Aid. We've got live on our broadcast, we've got them for a full two hours tonight, uh, Debbie and Mark Constantino. We've got tons and tons of chat questions coming at you. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and I'm going to ask Chandra. Uh, Chandra, if you're there, if you can go ahead and let's start with some of those chat questions. And maybe we can direct them at, you know, at, at Debbie or at Mark and let each one of you take them. Take one at a time because literally uh, as we're going through um, 
it, it's amazing. They're, they're just filling them up. So, uh, Jan, if you can hear me, do me a favor. Let's throw the chat questions onto the special just you and I chat so we can add them slowly into the host chat because it's getting kind of confusing. There's so many. Chandra, you yeah, there with us? Hi. I'm right here. Awesome. Okay, Chandra, you got that first chat question for these two? I sure do. Hi, Debbie. Awesome. Hi, Mark. It's so awesome to talk to you. I'm like you freaking too. out right now. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, there's a reader, Pam, and she wants to know uh, what professional investigators have you enjoyed working with? Oh, you know, that's a really good question, only because we get to meet and know and be friends with some of the best in the field. I would have to say Zach, Nick, and Aaron off the top, and I just have to, not only because I truly feel like they have something not a lot of people on this plane have, but, you know, we jive with them, we work well with them, and we just met for a reason, you know. But above that, you know, I'm looking really forward to working with Chris Dedman, uh, we're doing Valeska at our own con convent in August. But in meeting all these amazing people, you really you get to sit next to them in a vending booth, ask a couple questions, but you don't really get to work with people because you're on a different floor, they're on a different floor, they're vending, they're speaking in the morning, they're going to bed. So it's, you know, I, I could say Scotty Rourke, you know, who will also be at Valeska. Uh, he's an amazing reader. But just, like, cool people that you sit, hang out, and talk to, him, maybe Keith Age. Uh, God, that's a hard question. As far as just people, cool people, uh, Booth Brothers are cool. Uh, God, well, Amy Tremble. Well, she's my best friend, so I don't know if she counts. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Dave Schrader's events are great, but it's really weird. You think you know everybody, but you don't really get to work with the people. You know, you're sitting next to them, and it, you know, you have their number in your phone, but you don't really get to actually work hands on with people. So. Yeah. Well, I have, I, I, I have, like, a, can I ask a quick question of my own? Yeah. Um, you were talking earlier about when you you went to the asylum and when you came back, you had the the sleep paralysis. Do uh-huh. you? Well, no, that know? was actually my house. Oh yeah, yeah. Your you house. were talking about Rolling well, Hills. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel sometimes when you go on these investigations that you you bring things back with you? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. How do you get rid of them? I mean, like, if you're, if you're bringing something back with you, how do you get rid of it? Because it's got to be well, bothering, you know? To be honest with you, the way I look at it, it's almost like you're working with venomous snakes. You're a snake handler, whether you like it or not. Now, when you get a non-venomous snake, it's like a garter snake. It's a snake with no poison. Now you get another snake. You don't know what it is, but it's reacting to you. Now, you know, that snake bites you. So what do you do? You need to get an anti-venom. Now, do you need Native American anti-venom? Do you need Catholic anti-venom? What's your anti-venom? Because that's what we're dealing with. We're seeing the tip of the iceberg when we're dealing with ghosts. And so, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know what to do. I've had one of the finest Catholic people I know here, a good friend of ours, Adam Bly, been to the house, blessed the house. We've still, but you have to understand, you know, we still constantly are on the road, constantly going to, some of the most heinous places in the country as far as some of the most amazing, you know, Pennhurst and, you know, but then by the same token, we're going to prisons, we're going to Bobby Mackey's where a lady was beheaded, and you you get so burnt out. I think being human, you can't help that. You're so drained, you've got to get on a plane the next day, wash your clothes. Sometimes you really don't have time to, per se, quote, unquote, clean yourself. 
So, you know, how do we clean ourselves? Well, I pray. We've had Native American ceremonies here to where I absolutely believe whatever was here did react to the ceremony. Can't really give you too many details on that because not only could it hurt the shaman, but it could bring what what was ever here back. But, you know, I I think the, the best thing you could possibly do is you have a decision when you wake up in the morning, you know, you can work on a scale of 1 to 10. Try to stay in your highest self. You know, even if you don't have time, you work, whatnot, you're at a red light, pray. Ask God. God hears you. Sit in my heart. I don't have enough time today. We have this thing called time here. You know, just constantly pray. Know your prayers will be answered. And I'm not telling you who to pray to. Just pray to a higher force. And, you know, I, I think, you know, and I'm not putting you down, Mark, but I think that's the difference between us because I know I believe in God, I believe in many gods, but I believe God answers your prayers if they're sincere and if you're a good person, you have choices every day, should I make a right or a left? You have choices every day, whether you buy a loaf of bread, every day you have choices. If you're okay mm-hmm. with yourself in those choices and you feel like you're a good person, I feel like your prayers will be answered. But, you know, I'm one of those people that know I can't do, I mean, I hope I can't do this on my own. I hope there's something better out there. I hope there's something higher than me pulling my strings because this is too much for me. And so I give it up. But I think the difference between Mark and I is that he kind of thinks he can handle it. Or, you know, I got it under control. You do. And I I know I can't. And I'll be the first one to admit I can't. But, you know, I think in in that essence, in being burnt out and not being able to pray, but I think first and foremost, prayer is number one. And then know what you're dealing with is number two because, long story, but I think the house we moved in, I think it's more or less what's going on here is territorial, that it was on the property before we even built the house. Not that every house doesn't have activity, but with some of the things I've seen, documented, some of the research I've done, it's kind of bending that way. And the only reason I mention that, too, is I think whatever we do in our state here figurates with the cosmos. And I don't know, maybe something kind of drew us to the second cul-de-sac in Reno. This is Jamie. Debbie, I, I I agree with you on the whole the prayer thing and everything. I don't I don't have a religion that I believe in. You know, I believe there's a higher power. And I, I my husband passed away in 2011, and you know it kind of renewed my whole passion for the paranormal. And um, uh, and ever since praying and praying, things have happened. And I with what you're saying about their choices and stuff like that. Um, my my question to you, you were saying earlier that every every house and apartment you lived in has been haunted. What I believe is I'm learning the stuff with, with all the investigating and paranormal and everything. I feel like our whole entire earth is history. Every piece of land, every foot you step on is history. And I believe whether you feel it or not, that every house has a spirit in it. I don't know. That's just what I think. Do you guys believe that every single house and where you stand, there's always a spirit there, there's always a ghost or somebody that you can communicate even though maybe they might not show themselves right then and there? Well, I do believe that they are all over the place, I can tell you that. And Mm -hmm. um, as far as the bread thing, whole wheat, not white, going back to the bread thing. um, uh, I think, um, you know, I don't even know what you're talking about. Go ahead. You were saying you may, you always have choices about you could you know whether it's buying bread or. Oh my God! Go ahead. Anyway, <laughs> I've been paying attention. That just shows you. All right. Well. So um, what I was going to say is, uh, like Debbie said, absolutely. 
um, some of these entities follow you home. As a matter of fact, we have an EVP. We were sitting out front of the Washoe Club, and we were sitting in our car, and we were letting the car heat up. And Debbie uh, turned towards the back seat, and she said, oh, there's somebody with us. I, you know, I, I, I think she said I can see their legs or some, something like that. I can see bent knees. Right. So real quick, we turned, real quick we turned our recorder on, and Debbie says something like, does that mean that you're with us? And we have an EVP, and it says, I'm in the back seat. Yeah, but I think I think what she was asking, though, is that, like, if they're all over the place and every place contains history, and I absolutely believe that. But by the same token, I believe, like, you know, you take ten people, and I think this is where, you know, ten people, there's people living in Amityville now. They're not feeling anything, you know, yet you had the Lutzes move in there. So what turns that switch? Maybe it's the people that move in there. Maybe some people, you know, ghosts look at and they look at you <clears throat> kind of like a pilot light and, oh, you're light blue. You can see us, you know, and maybe, like, they see you as colors and they, they know you can see them and, or you're aware of them. And so they're like, well, if you want to talk, we're here to talk and say you entertain it, say it's fascinating, which we all know it is, and, you know, and they're not bothering you, whatnot. Damn, you know, I hate to say it, and I don't invoke anybody to, you know, do EVP in their home, but we've done it. And, I mean, I've had years to where it was just amazing. I'd be making a cake in the kitchen, and I'd be like, well, what kind of cake am I making? And they'd look at the freaking box, and they'd say, lemon. And I'm like, damn right, you guys, you guys are right on it, lemon cake. And, you know, it's just amazing. But I think the more you entertain it, and I think if they know you can see them, well, why would they go next door with the old couple that's watching CNN and not paying any attention to them? Or why would they go next door with the amazing Randy who wants to deny them anyway? When they're right there, you're giving them what they want. They want attention. They want to converse. They want, you know, whatever we want. We're worse than they are. We're shoving recorders in their face because we want to communicate with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I also think that people, certain people are haunted. And I think um, haunted as far as in a way to where, like Debbie was saying, you know, since we met, um, from my experience, every place that we've moved to, there's been activity. And that's because I think Debbie is one of those people that just are able to um, attract spirit, whether on purpose or not. I think she is one of those people, and I think that's why, in large part, why every place we live, there is activity above and right. beyond what kind of the normal activity somebody would uh, characterize. Right. You know, Mark, and I'm, I'm going to follow up with you on that, and I'm going to ask you a question. Is And I think you kind of answered it already, but I've been investigating now for a while. Um, I've started, I, I believe it was 06 when I first started. Um, but as I've gone through the years and my teams have, have evolved and there's been different people that have, you know, I've changed up, you know, who goes into the house first or who goes into this room next. Um, I've noticed that different energies or different personalities get better responses. Um, do you believe that, that maybe just certain personalities create better communication? Oh, yeah, it's- this whole field is about nothing but energy. And <clears throat> whether it's spirit energy 
or whether it's human energy. I mean, that's that's the reason why, as you go through the years and you investigate with different people, you know, there are certain people that come along, you know, that like Debbie and I do a lot of conferences, so maybe we don't see these people, but maybe once every two years or something. But they're the people that you know, come hell or high water, when you guys get together, all shit is going to hit the fan. And right. I think it's because it's a complete, It's like I said, it's all about energy. And when you get, and I think that's another reason why we work so well with Ghost Adventures, it's the combination of our energies uh, individually that just click so well that um, that all, like I said, all, all hell just breaks yeah, it's loose. Al- it's almost like if you can envision like a seance, right, and you're all hold- holding like a garden hose, and you're all blowing through it. But it is a bad scenario, I know, but it's the best I have. And say you're like all blowing through it, but you're all blowing the same vibration. So you're making that energy. Like you all know, oh, this is stuff that doesn't even hit the movies, but this happened to me on Friday night. Well, I'm like, this happened to me two months ago. And, you know, and you're kind of on that vibe where you all know, and you all absolutely know you're telling the truth. You all absolutely believe each other, and you're all like kind of going at that higher level, carving up there, and you're all blowing through this kind of hose with the same energy, and you're escalating kind of like, I don't know, that Jetsons thing you kind of hold on with the two hands, like the freaking mall cop. <laughs> I, I know that's a horrible, that's a very no. horrible vision, but well, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of giving it gasoline, I guess is what I'm saying. And right. um, you know, But what I wanted to say, what Mark was talking, you know, ahead. too, like we could go in a house, they hear us, but maybe they don't freaking like us. Like we're the only ones talking through four groups. So, you know, I tell the groups, you know, I might be a Libra. He might be like an Aquarius. Maybe they're a freaking, you know, whatever, Sagittarius. Maybe they don't like us. And I know I picked the wrong sign, but you know what I'm saying? So maybe they just need some new blood or they're tired of us or whatnot, you know? So if you guys in your group and you're changing out saying this one should go in first, this one should go in second, maybe you should just, you know, think, well, hey, you know, this is a new location. Maybe they should go in first. They got a response last time or kind of change it up in that way because the different location you go to, it's a, a whole totally different scenario there. And you don't know, maybe they're jiving with just, I mean, maybe they want to talk to a girl, not a guy, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. You just don't know. Right. You so, know, and as we go through and as you learn and, and you, you do things, you, you know, I've gotten I've gone into locations where I've, pos- I've never gotten an EVP. I mean, there's buildings that I've been to several, several times and have never gotten an EVP. Have you all ever had that occurrence? <laughs> when we first started, you know, as I said, we're members of AAVP. And I would go, just like you guys, to every conference. I got to really be best friends. Some of these people, they still send me birthday cards every year. I mean, it's just such a close-knit spiritualist group, I guess you would say. And, you know, these people are kind of more Lilydale kind of material, you know. And, you know, they're, they're, they're going to die doing this, and I'm going to die doing this, and we learned so much. And I knew I had the right equipment. I knew I had the right people I could talk to, you know. And so I'm doing it. I'm using the same equipment I did today as I did 15 years ago. So I would do a blast in the morning, 30 seconds, and a blast at night. Nothing, 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 not a C, not a bad C, nothing. That's why it kind of, it appalls me to see the price of recorders 
you know, on eBay today because I'm all, dude, that's the same recorder I was using when I was getting nothing for like half a year. But long <laughs> story short, I kept it, doing it and I looked at it like a diet. I looked at it like, okay, you got those little pamphlets at the checkout stand and you're like, lose 10 pounds in 14 days, do these jumping jacks, eat this fish, take in this amount of calories. So I said to myself, I'm doing all the right things. Everything these people told me to do, if I have a question, I can call. I know I have the right equipment. And so I actually literally put a sticky back on my calendar. And I'm not sure if it was three months or six months. It was three. Well, of course he knows because he was doing it. It was but, three. Well, either way, it was either <laughs> three or six. But long story short, you know, I literally put a sticky back on the calendar. That morning I get an EVP. Well, I didn't know it was an EVP. It sounded to me as if you have an analog recorder, and if you were the – tape were actually to break and you hear the tape snapping around inside the recorder that's what it sounded like it sounded like wind or something snapping around and so i was so aggravated i said to myself you know i gave it my all i'm so depressed and i finally got all this stuff it's right at the uh, three or six month mark and now my recorder broke so later on that night i go to sleep and i say you know and oh a friend of mine karen mossy who's awesome she gets the best EVP ever She's actually from New England, but her EVP was shown in the trailer for the movie White Noise. I mean, that's how freaking good she is. She's amazing. But she had let me hear an EVP of a portal opening. And so, and I remember when I heard it, it was like five minutes long. It was amazing. And I remember hearing it. I, I remember it sounded like wind. So I go to bed that night and I say, you know, is my recorder broken or was that a portal opening? And I say, was that what I heard? And clear as day, louder than my voice, you hear the best class A of a guy saying, I don't know. But ever since that, I don't know, and it was in this house, I mean, literally, we've been getting it like, I can't, well, I can't say every day because we don't record every day. And I do think there's like a couple days where you need to open up the portal again. But, you know, I hate to say it, but if I had to, give me 24 hours, I could get something. And I hate to come off like that. But I only say that because I think we've dented the frequencies so much that they do hear us turning the recorder on and off, and it's not like a matter of I'm all that type of thing. It's a matter of we've applied ourselves for 15 years. So given 24 hours, I think I could get a response. Right. And, and going back to the original question, and like Debbie said, you know, not to kind of like say who we are, but I can honestly say that I, I, I cannot remember one location that we've gone into that we have not recorded an EVP. Wow, that's but awesome. That well, no, you're in... asked, though, uh, what out of all, what is your most memorable EVP, like your favorite, the, the all-time, uh, yeah, what, there's got to be uh, that one that's just like, oh, my God. that. Yeah, well, there was know, one where we were in our house, and this was, I hate to use this term, but, like, back when it's new. And back when it's like, oh, my God, this is real. And so we weren't doing any conferences then. It was before all that. I think it was before Ghost Hunters even aired. And we're in the house, and it was like, oh, my God, we're making pots of coffee because it was, like, constant. It was like picking up a freaking telephone every time you turned it on. And the more we turned it on, the clearer they would come in. And then there was this one where we had been up all night recording. And, I mean, all night where it was, like, 10 o'clock in the morning. We hadn't slept, but you didn't care because your adrenaline is just so pumped. So, oh, I, I don't remember the details. I heard my daughter's voice in the center of the house, which is 
I can't even explain it. When you hear stuff, it comes from the center of the house. So I say to my one daughter, where's Alyssa? I just heard her. And she's like, well, she's at Walmart with Daddy. And I'm all, I'm going to record, you know, so I'm recording. And this is like a phenomenon. This isn't even on the recorder. As I go to grab the recorder, and I can't remember the details, the dishwasher switches cycles. Now it's 10 a.m. The dishwasher starts pumping out funeral power music. And it was like, you know, like the big pipe, like uh, Phantom of the Opera organs. Like the church organs. Like it wasn't wow. like, but it, no, but it wasn't on EVP. It was like with our own ears, 10 o'clock in the morning. And my daughter runs up to me and she hugs me and she's like, Mommy? And I'm like, well, you know, just don't worry. It's like wedding music. Don't worry about it. It's all good. And then, you know, and even I had the presence of mind to take the recorder and I put it right on top of the dishwasher. But it was almost like, you know, if you have a mural or a picture and you take a shot glass and you put it over that one particular part in the picture, you don't see that entire picture if you move back. And it was like that. Like, I could hear it, but no one else would be able to hear the organ music. So, anyway, I don't know if I grabbed another recorder or I put another recorder on the table. Oh, then I hear we had an old cat, and the name was Spooky. So I hear Spooky crying, and Spooky's like crying a cry that Spooky doesn't cry. And it's, no, this is like a 13-year-old cat. And the cat's like, meow, like, meow. And I'm doing a good imitation of a cat, but it's like drawn out. <laughs> and it's like, meow. And, you know, the more it cries, the more drawn out it gets. Now, I'm hearing this with my ears. And I'm looking, and I look in the room, and I look at the cat. And the cat's eyes are huge, like it's uh, the biggest spider in the freaking world. And But I didn't see the cat cry. And I can't tell you the cat cried because it wasn't in the room. But I lay the recorder down, and I play it back. In, in the playback, you hear the cat cry, and you hear in the cat cry. I could still, this is one of those EVP, I could sit down right now, and I could probably pull 10 more EVP out of it. It's like, you in the cat cry, you hear, I warned you. And it says all this stuff. Mark, do you remember what else is said in that EVP? Yeah, there was a person in it. It was. It yeah, it was a guy imitating a cat. Yeah. And oh, go ahead. Yeah. You do it. Well, you can hear you can hear a meow like about six or seven times, but there's one meow in particular that you can that didn't come didn't come off like a cat meow, and you could tell in that one EVP that it was a male spirit. When you play it back, you hear a guy to... say, meow. Wow. It didn't out like a cat. You could tell it was a male spirit imitating a cat. And then, then, and then you hear clearer than you and I are talking, you hear a female. It was at the very end. Say, but... Marvin. There was no woman here, and it was the sickest thing. And it was almost like, it was almost like her husband was like tired of us recording all night or something. And it's almost you like I've listened to it so many times. It's almost like she's peering her head through a portal looking for her husband, and she's like Marvin. And then you hear this guy gulp at the very end, and it was almost like a cartoon character, like he's been nabbed, like oh, zoinks. You know, and it, you, you <laughs> like, have to hear it, but it's completely nuts. And wow. to me, and I mean, it was at the time where we were getting EVP to where uh, we erased this one, but it was like in the kitchen and it was around that time. 
and we had just busted the portal open. That's all, the only thing I could equate it to. But we're on, and when I say on, we're turning on the recorder, we're playing it back, and you hear somebody say, tomorrow, 8 o'clock, Aunt Millie's. And we wow. erased it. We erased it. I mean, it's gone. That's but nuts. It like, I hate when that happens. You know, uh, yeah. I, I hate to interrupt you again, but you know, we have got so many questions to get to, and we're already almost done with this first hour. But I have a caller for you guys. We have a caller com- coming in, and let me go ahead and get all. Uh, this is Kara Davidson. She's in the chat room. Uh, Kara, you're on live with Mark and Debbie Constantino. Are you there with us? I am. Hi there. How are you doing? Very good. Go ahead and ask your question. All right, great. I have like five million questions, but I'll just ask you one um, in the interest of time here. Um, for the people that think like all we're hearing with EVPs are like pareidolia and that sort of thing, um, have you ever or have people ever used like voice recognition programs to see if the computers can hear the same things that we hear? Do you think that's a good idea, a bad idea? Well, I think any idea is a good idea. I mean, if you could, you know, bend it to the furthest possibility, use it. Uh, we use, uh, what do you call that, uh, spectral view? To You know, we don't use it all the time. But, you know, some voices match up to certain pitches. To be honest with you, we're on that. If they're saying your name, if they're answering questions before you ask, I would love to utilize equipment like that. In fact, I'm doing an event in Virginia City this weekend where I'm using a bunch of new equipment. But in the interest of time, no, we haven't. But, you know, I, I, you know, I, I kind of look at the graph, too, when you're loading mm-hmm. it. You know, we've had several spirit. I mean, we've had one. I don't know if you remember Natalie Holloway with the Aruba. She never came back from college, never found her right. body. You yeah, know, yeah. Believe, yeah, well, we have one EVP that's answered in three spirits. We believe it's, in, you know, it's a long story. We did sit and try to contact her. But it says, yeah, we knew her. And there's three different spirits. Yeah, we knew her. She's in Aruba, in the water. But uh, you can rephrase it if you want. Yeah, uh, if if I remember right, it's two spirits. The first spirit, it was three, but God. The first spirit says, <laughs> "Yeah, we've seen her." Yeah, in Aruba. And then, and then another another spirit jumps in and says, um, "In Aruba," and then and then she's buried. In the water. And another, that first spirit comes back and says, in the water. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like that first spirit. They all have the same thought. I believe it's all thought transference. They they all knew. Well, let me finish. It's all thought transference, but it's almost (laughs) like they knew. The the first, the second, and third spirit knew when that first spirit was going to run out of gas. And they picked up on the same thought. Third spirit came in, said the rest of it, and then the first spirit regained his energy and finished it. So, but if you ask me, if I look on a graph, I can kind of tell what spirits say and what just by looking at the graph. And, you know, but not to say, you know, that's very, I think that's a really good idea. I'd like to, you know, see that used. I would love to be able, you know, to have the time in the future to experiment with that. But we haven't up to now. But have I gotten spirits that I know are the people? Absolutely. I'm not saying I know it's them, but my dad actually came through. And it was really odd. I'll, I'll try to make this really short. I'm loading an EVP. It clearly was not there. It was at the very beginning of the EVP. And I know a lot of people lose EVP. And I do believe EVP disappears. How? I don't know. But I do believe it does, but I also believe it appears. Well, this was a situation where it appeared. I'm loading EVP. had just listened to it. I got to the bathroom, came back, listened to it again, and it was my dad. And my dad was missing a few teeth 
spoke with an accent, but when he pronounced my daughter's name, which is Alyssa, he would say, Alicia. And I swear to God to you, it was louder than my voice now. It was right at the beginning of the recording, and it's so clear that to this day my mother, who it depends what day of the week, whether she believes or not, but she'll still come over to the house and say, well, you know, your father and I would have been married 40 years, so can you get him on that box again? And I'm like, really, you know, and it was just amazing. I do believe that that one's on our website if somebody wants to hear it. Yeah. But just the well, tangibility and, and, of it, and I'm not saying that another spirit can't imitate totally the voice. I do believe that's possible. But when it leaves you with closure and, you know, not, not, nothing negative, I believe it's the person. Right. And, and real quick, I believe voice recognition, I think, is a good software, you know, if if that's what your intent is. If your intent is to try to figure out whether it was, uh, you know, uh, Grandma Jeannie or whatever, and you have a tape of her, I think that's a very, very good idea. But if you turn it to frequency levels is when you have to be careful because there are, I, w- I don't want to say a lot of people out there, but there are people out there that will tell you, well, unless your EVP comes through at, 300 hertz or lower, it's not EVP. I mean, un- no, unless it comes through, yeah, if it, comes, if it comes through lower, it has to come through lower than, say, 300 hertz to uh, 10 hertz. Well, see, to me, then that's just somebody's opinion. Because, well, let me say something. And the reason people say that is because normally the human voice, you're able to speak between say, 300 and about 3,500 hertz, uh, average person. And so there's some people that are saying, okay, if you record an EVP and that EVP comes in at 1,000 hertz, then you have to throw that out and it's not EVP. Yeah, but I think that in that... The biggest, let me finish. That is the biggest mistake that somebody can make because I can't tell you the number of EVP that we have picked up that has come through in the human range, in the human voice range. So that whole zero to 300. Well, yeah, but, too, you know, it's just like Bill Chappell and Gary Galka. These, these guys are, you know, amazing in the field, and they're constantly improving their equipment, constantly. You know, so to box you in and say, well, this is only this, well, then you shouldn't be doing it in the first place because what we're dealing with is paranormal. It's not normal. And, I mean, if you're getting voices, and I'm not saying jaded voices to where, oh, it could have been like uh, your coat rubbing on uh, your jacket and it could be a voice. I'm saying tangible stuff that everybody in the room can raise their hand to and say yes. You know, stuff that's answering your question before the question's asked. And, you know, to me, it's like, you know, our hands are just so full with so much, hundreds of stuff just to edit just like that. I think it's amazing that those tools are out there. And I want to point out, too, that, you know, there's dead people everywhere, and, I mean, that could be a great aid in crime solving if right. anybody was interested in doing that. And, I mean, very, very you know, true. you don't have $200 to spend to go to Mansfield and whatnot. Well, you know what? You could be doing somebody a really good service if, you know, the dead as well as the living give people closure. If there's a body that's not found, I hate to say it, every neighborhood has them, you know? Go there right. for the right reasons, leave flowers, try to talk, and who knows? You might solve a crime, give solace to the dead as well as the living. And, and that's something that we've kind of, Debbie and I have kind of dabbled in. I'm going to have to come right back. You um, talk. Yeah. That, that's something that Debbie and I have uh, sort of dabbled in 
we don't really have the time because I have a normal uh, day job, and we don't really have the time that we would like to um, to put into it as far as cold case files and stuff like that. And I think, unfortunately, that's probably going to have to wait until I'm able to retire to where we can, you know, put in the time we need to put in to start using EVP in that way. But I absolutely think that that's one of the ways that I don't think EVP is being used very much in uh, nowadays. And you know, but it and, is and, something that fascinates us, and it, it is it is one aspect that we that we are like chomping at the bit to do more of than we are now. Right. So, right. so as, as as you know, guys, this really quick. I want to know what is because we're going to have to we're going to have to go to our mid show break, and then I I hope you all are still willing to to stay on with us to to interview uh, Rabbi Sidney when he comes back on to the second half. This this first half just completely completely flew by. I want to ask you before we go to to, uh, to rabbis if you all could do me a favor if you got to hear our intro we like to promo with with the people that have been on the air. If both of you could say, you know, this is Mark and Debbie Constantino, and you're listening to Paranormal Kool-Aid, I'd be honored to have you on as, as one of those people that we list in the front of the show. So could you all do that for me? Sure. Absolutely. Let us know. All right, you guys, on the count of three, you guys go. Ready? One, two, three. This is Mark and Debbie Constantino, and you're listening to? Paranormal Kool-Aid. And just make sure you smell it before you drink it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, Mark, can you do me a favor? Can you please uh, give everybody out there listening to Paranormal Kool-Aid uh, the actual, uh, give, give them the website address so that way they can go on. Yeah. To learn more about Debbie and I, our website is www.spirits-speak.com. It'll tell you everything you need to know about us. And come see us at Valeska in August with Chris. Yes, yes. So, uh, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to start that break. Mark and Debbie, please stick on with us. Uh, We're going to do a really quick uh, commercial break and some songs. Everybody, St. Albans is very, very soon. There's only four tickets left. Go to the Eventbrite website and buy your tickets now. Four tickets left. We'll see you all after this short break. There's a special edition to the generic black shirt group, and he'll be joining us for a haunting at St. Albans Psychiatric Sanatorium. Come meet Joe Chin, the newest member of the generic black shirt group. Enjoy a full day of vendors, speakers, and a night of investigating. Meet Nicole Strickland, Tara Petty, Danny Big Beard, Paranormal Association of Cold Cases. Learn the best ways to communicate with these spirits. There's a room with a chair waiting for you. Tickets are available for this investigator's dream come true at www.eventbrite.com. The 
is Matthew Slozer, and you're listening to Sunday Night Dead. This is Tracy Todd. You're listening to Sunday Night Dead. Michael Boulder here from Primetime Paranormal Monday Nights. G'day, this is Ashley Hole, the Australian Bat Squatch. You're listening to Primetime Paranormal. This is George Lopez, and you're listening to Primetime Paranormal with myself, Michael Bowler, and Ashley Hulk, and you're listening to A World Awakening. This is Andrea Perrin, and you're listening to A World Awakening. Dead Air Paranormal Radio brings you Wednesday nights on the crazy coops over at Paranormal Kool-Aid. This is Keith Johnson. You're listening to Paranormal Hood, part of the Dead Air Paranormal Family, right here on Blog Talk Radio. This is Norio Hayakawa, and you're listening <laughs> to uh, this program called the uh, Paranormal Kool-Aid. Uh, is that right? Which is, awesome. is a fascinating program, no question about it, because we don't know that much about the paranormal phenomena. It could be true. Welcome back to Paranormal Kool-Aid, everybody. Thank you all for listening. We have been chatting with Debbie and Mark Constantino. We are in our second hour now. Super excited. And Chris, Chris, you still with yes. us? Who do we got I'm, up? Yes, you know, coming up next in this second hour, we're going to have uh, it's it, I, an opportunity that doesn't happen all the time. So um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to we're going to speak with with Rabbi Sidney Vandenberg and I, Weinberg. I'm sorry, and it, it's going to be exciting because you know not that many people get the opportunity to be able to ask you know, a rabbi about the paranormal and spirituality of, of, of all of this, and it's going to be uh, an exciting hour. I, I tell you what, the questions, and then he's going to talk to us about something that I didn't even know about. Um, you know, you all, maybe you know a little bit more about it than, than I do, but, you know, it, it's um, it's an exciting thing for me. The uh, the, the and, and Jamie or, uh, or Chandra, I mean, how do you pronounce that name? Oh. You got me. <laughs> That's one question for Jan. <laughs> you, mean, you mean like his name or what we're going to discuss? What we're going to discuss? I mean the whole the whole box, the Dyberg box, or I believe what? it's Dybbuk. The Dybbuk box. Dybbuk box. It? Yeah. Dybbuk box. Yeah, I've heard. I've seen. I've seen stories on the TV. You know, certain certain scary shows ones. about. I've seen scary yeah. ones. They've made movies about this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I I I would not want one in my presence. I they're they're they harbor spirits. I believe they're used for exorcism in the Jewish religion. Really? It, wow. I believe so. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm a noob. <laughs> well, you know it. You know, it, it, it. I don't know, and I mean that. That's kind of the, you know, the whole thing that I, I'm really interested in, in asking. And I know, uh, speaking with with Debbie and Mark in the, in the queue for just a second during the break, Debbie I wanted to. Yes, them. they're 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 awesome. I I want to, uh, you know, they're very fascinated with the fact that we get a chance to to speak with with somebody like this. Um, those of us that are in the host chat, just make sure that you that you check in with me so that I know that I got everybody on. Thank you, Belinda, for taking care of that for me. But um, uh, let, let's go ahead and, and while Bill, let, let's let's kick that studio audience in in the pants and, and get those applause going and get Rabbi Sidney in. And. 
friend, Rabbi Sidney, are you here with us tonight? Yes, I am. Oh, my goodness. I tell you what, it is, it is an opportunity that you've given to us and all of our, our, our friends out in the paranormal community that, that I appreciate this for you for coming on because, you know, most, you know, most and some might, might think this is kind of something that you wouldn't want to dabble in, but I personally think it's something that you would – it has everything to do with religion and, and faith and, and, and spirituality. Well, I agree with you. I think, you know, anytime you talk to somebody who's in the clergy, we deal with the supernatural every day. And uh, there are so many aspects of that that come into our daily lives in ways that we don't imagine. Um, I've had congregants come to me to complain about a haunted house, for example. Um, You know, so those kinds of things actually we do deal with. Uh, but we don't talk about them very much. Um, and I just have to say, as a, as a paranormal rabbi geek, I am so happy to be on with Debbie and Mark. I cannot tell you, because they're mm-hmm. like paranormal rock and roll stars. So <laughs> I am uh, I'm pretty honored that they're, that they're here. Yes, uh, Debbie and Mark, I believe, are still on with us. Uh, Debbie and Mark, are you still there? Thank you so much, Rabbi. Yes, I <laughs> No, that was awesome. We appreciate that. Thank you. And we're so excited to be kind of hanging in on your coattails for the next hour to listen to what you have to say. I mean, not for nothing, but, you know, we saw the possessed, and we're very interested in the divot box, and we don't sit on radio shows. You know, we, we just hang up when they're done. But this was such an interesting topic. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, uh, as as we you know as we were getting ready for this show you know it was uh, Jan Jan is is you know is our chat person she helps us out with the chat and uh, she was the one that, that suggested you Rabbi and and it's kind of funny there's you know true to paranormal Kool Aid style is this is one of those shows where it's kind of a loose but 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 good discussion about the paranormal uh, but we take a lot of jokes at it and you know so we were we were trying to as we were going through the week trying to formulate exactly what we were going to ask you and how we were going to you know how do we talk to you and how do we what what exactly is it how do we how do we address you what what do we call you well you know rabbi sid is just fine uh i was on the uh, on the chat earlier while i was listening to debbie and mark and uh Eric called me Rabbi Dude. That's okay, too. Uh, my son thought that was terrific. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not very sensitive about stuff like that. So Rabbi Sid is just fine. Perfect. So, so Rabbi Sid, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to start the, the questions off. And um, I, I'm, I'm a Catholic. So I was born and raised Catholic. I went to private school. I went to, uh, you know, did all the, the, the training. And... I did a, learn a little bit in my high school years. One of the, the main the, our religion course for a year was religions of the world, and we had to learn a little bit, just a little bit about everything uh, uh, that every other religion you know had or faith had to to offer. And um, it was it was very interesting that there there are a lot of parallels and and some some tangents for, between the two, but one of the main things that that um, that I've known, especially in, in the culture that I belong to here in, in El Paso, Texas, where there's a, a mix of, of the Mexican and the American and the Indian cultures, um, there's a lot of um, superstition. 
in the Jewish faith, what is there superstition as well? Oh, sure. Uh, in fact, the Dybbuk is really part of that superstition. And um, we have all kinds of things, not some of them similar to what you would have in the, in the common American culture, but uh, other ones that are, that are quite different. Um, for example, we have numbers that are either good or not so good, just like you would, say, have in uh, some Christian culture where you talk about, like, 666 is the devil's number or 7 is God's number. We have, we have similar things, but we use a method called gematria. Every Hebrew letter has a numerical equivalent. So an aleph, which is an A, is also a 1. Uh, so, for example, if you go to a bar mitzvah, so by the way, I bet you didn't think you were going to get gift giving tips tonight, but here it is. <laughs> if you go to a bar mitzvah, it's traditional to give uh, money in denominations of 18. So, you know, 18, 36, etc. Because in Hebrew, 18 translates as chai, which means life. And so if you ever see people giving those kinds of odds and amounts of money to something, uh, they may be Jewish. Nice. Jamie and Chandra, I know that you were both a little, little, little worried about what you were going to ask. And I told you, yeah. don't worry. He's going to be a cool guy. I just know it. Because anybody that's willing to come on our show has got to be cool. So Ask whatever you like. Jamie, I'm going to start off with you, and I'm going to t hand that torch off and put you on the spot. Do you have a question for okay. Rabbi Sit? I do. Hello. Nice to meet you. Hi. Uh, well, I'm going to start off because earlier today when I was doing research for the show, um, I had no idea what the difference was. Uh, I'm being honest, what the difference was between, like, a priest and a rabbi. <laughs> I had no idea, <laughs> so I asked, asked everybody, you know, the PKA family, asked them all. You know, they were telling me, a um, little bit about it, and uh, Belinda, our producer, um, has some questions that she gave for me. She wants to know, I have it written down here, um, she's a Christian, and as a Christian, I've heard there is, uh, let me see if I'm saying this right, this, V-I-S, a practice of covering mirrors when someone, someone dies. Is this something they do? Yes, that is correct. Um, when we have a death in a home, we do cover all of the mirrors. Uh, and the reason, although one could speculate on a number of paranormal reasons for doing it, um, but the reason that's given uh, to mourners is that we don't think about what we look like when someone passes away, uh, that we keep our minds on what's happening rather than on, you know, uh, things that are not that important, like what we look like or is the makeup right or, is my hair combed and things like that. So we do keep the mirrors covered for seven days. Okay, wonderful. And our, our chat room is um, is uh, a reader panel. A lot of people are interested in the, the Dybbuk box. They want to know more about it. I've seen stories on, t on the TV, you know, about people having heart attacks being involved with, you know, the Dybbuk box. And have you, obviously you probably encountered some, have you had some pretty horrible experiences or can you tell us more about that? I, I can try to tell you more about it. I have to tell you that at this point there is only one Dybbuk box. 
Oh. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's quite an unusual thing because Dybbuk, uh, the word Dybbuk actually means uh, a spirit attachment, something that's attached. And normally in Jewish tradition or in Jewish folklore, that would be attached to another person. The, um, the Dybbuk story, the classical Dybbuk story, uh, emerges from Jewish tradition in Poland around, you know, the middle of the 1600s. And in the classic story, you have uh, a very poor young scholar who God has intended to marry a very beautiful rich man's daughter. But the father objects. And so the young scholar goes and kills himself. And then he becomes a Dybbuk. He attaches himself to the girl, as he would have done, you know, in life. And so then there's actually uh, a court trial where there are three rabbi judges, and they have to figure out whether or not he's, in, you know, he's entitled to stay there. Well, of course they decide he's not, even though he was, he was done to when he was alive. And so they perform an exorcism and they get rid of him. Uh, this actually was a very famous Yiddish play that uh, was very popular in the United States during the 1930s called the Dybbuk. <clears throat> um, Molly Pican, who was one of the great actresses of the Yiddish theater, was, uh, was in this. And I think they may have made a movie of it also um, at some point. And then they made this later movie now. Uh, called The Possession, about the Dybbuk box. Now, see, that's what's interesting about it, is that normally you wouldn't see, uh, normally, if a Dybbuk is normal, um, you wouldn't see a Dybbuk attached to a thing. And so uh, I've thought about it quite a bit, and um, I have some ideas, I think, about what may be going on. Wow. Well, I... I I tell you what, um, what I want to do is, Mark and Debbie, I'm going to give you the opportunity here really quick to, to go ahead and ask a question. Uh, each one of you, go, go for it. Oh, well, I guess I'll go real quick. Uh, yeah, I saw the movie The Possession, and, you know, as far as the divot box, you see the box that has the teeth. I think they get it at a garage sale. It's got some hair in there, and you kind of want to say it's like a Jewish kind of voodoo doll. And, of course, you know, it attaches to the little girl. She's got the moss in the room, and, you know, it kind of possesses her. But, oh, I, I don't even know what my, my question is. I guess kind of are there people out there, you know, using teeth and, you know, body parts to create their own divot boxes, and are they actually in the Jewish religion or just no. the movie? No. I think the, the movie was kind of, as as many of these movies are, was a bit of an exaggeration um, about the story. In what I think may have been happening is that this is all connected with the Holocaust. Mm. And uh, the woman who originally had the box was a Holocaust survivor. And I've seen two different versions of where the box came from. Some said that it came from Poland with her, and others said that she bought it after the war in Spain. But I'm not sure that that even matters, because I would kind of focus in on what was in the box, particularly the hair. Um, 
if you're dealing with something that was taken from a victim of the Holocaust, there are all kinds of bad stuff (laughs) attached to that. And uh, my feeling would be that something in the box was something that she brought with her, uh, possibly the hair because, you know, body parts are the closest to us. Um, but even some of the other things, it, it sounds like there was a, a candlestick in there, which looks like a Sabbath candlestick, and a, a wine goblet, which looks like a, a Sabbath wine goblet also. Um, but it, it really would seem to me that rather than the box itself, there was something inside the box that carried some really bad energy with it. Um, are you feeling like it could be possibly a Jewish kind of witchcraft? You know, I'm not sure that it would be that it would be witchcraft in the sense of you know trying to cast a spell or something like that. Um, I do think that you know when when you're dealing with something relating to Jews from the Holocaust the the energy would be off the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, particularly if it was it was something from someone who died in the in the uh, during the Holocaust. Um, so I don't think anybody sort of actively did this. Um, it's what's interesting to me is that the old woman who originally owned the box asked that it be buried with her. Mm. And, frankly, that is exactly what should have happened. Now, I don't want to take up all your time, but I had heard that whoever owns the box now actually has it encased in gold and to where it kind of pacifies the box. And from what I don't know if it's encased in gold or been given gold, but I also heard, too, that if it's not happy, it smells like urine. Have you heard any of that? Uh, you know, I've heard that there are some strange smells associated with it. Some of it urine. I've heard ammonia also, which would be close to urine. Um, they, there was a second box that someone created uh, as an imitation of the first one. And, um, but I've heard also that they put it somewhere so that it, you know, encased it in something so that it couldn't do any more damage um, but from our traditional point of view, something like that really should have been buried in a in a Jewish cemetery, uh, wow. which which would have which would have negated. See, we do this; we bury stuff all the time. Um, some of you may have heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm-hmm. where yeah. they they found all those scriptures. That's because in Judaism, you don't burn stuff to get rid of it; you bury it. Uh, in most Jewish cemeteries, there'll be a section where every so often the synagogue will open the cemetery and bury prayer books and things that are no longer useful. And so um, it seems to me, and this is just speculation, that the Orthodox woman probably knew that whatever was there, especially if it was attached to the human body parts, should have been buried in a, in a Jewish cemetery, and probably prayers should have been said over it. All right. Okay. Um, I, go I, ahead, Mark. I have, a real, I have a real quick question. So 
Um, you know, when you say and you kind of have a feeling, you know, about what may have gone on and stuff like that, so are you surmising that that this woman, like, um, that this woman maybe took a lock of someone's hair uh, not knowing the ramifications? Like, like we have a daughter that passed away, and we have um, a lock of her hair. So would would it maybe have been something to where this woman did it not knowing the ramifications or did it knowing, knowing you know, having other intentions? Um, probably not knowing the ramifications. Gotcha. Uh, we, in, in Jewish tradition, we don't really do things like that. You won't find, like, uh, rings, you know, in the in the Victorian age, they used to make rings out of people's hair uh, after they passed away, and Jews frown on that sort of thing, and right. so we don't generally do that. Um, but you know, it it wouldn't be just that; it would be the whole uh, energy of being in the Holocaust, right? Uh, that would that would set something like that off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in uh, in places having energy, uh, not necessarily just just uh, ghost energy or even residual energy. Just some places are just bad, um, or can become bad. And certainly, when we're talking about the Holocaust, I mean, the death camps are are just bad. Right. All righty. Well, I tell you what, it, Rabbi and, and Mark and Debbie, we're gonna. It's time for our first break. Uh, I have a feeling, and I hope, Rabbi, this is going to be okay with you. This is going to be one of those shows we're going to have to go into overtime. Uh, but uh, let's let's get those uh, let's get that music queued up, Bill. Let's get this break out of the way so we can go ahead and go straight through. Uh, everybody, remember you're listening to Paranormal Kool Aid. We broadcast live every Wednesday on Blog Talk and iTunes. We'll come back from this short break in just a few. Do you think you've missed something? Or did you want to hear that again? Well, Paranormal Kool-Aid is available to replay in our archives. Just visit our Facebook page after the show, and the link will be posted. Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Brian J. Cannell from Sci-Fi's Haunted Collector and Scared, and you are listening to the Paranormal Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid, everybody. want to remind you, you're listening and, uh, uh, to Paranormal Kool-Aid. And I want to tell you guys that we, you can hit us up on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. we got a website. We're on Facebook and Twitter. So uh, don't forget to check all that out. And Chris, Chris, yes. it's going pretty awesome tonight. I'm pissed soaking in all this info. Pretty, yeah, pretty great. It, it's, you know, awesome information. And we just found out that our... our our friends Dennis and Matt are, are simulcasting our show right now on FM radio, uh, and I believe they're callers. They've got questions for, for Rabbi Sid. Um, Bill, 
if you can do me a favor and you can just go ahead and let's bring them on the air live and let them ask a question or two. <coughs> Are you guys there? Dennis well, and Matt, you live? What's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome back <laughs> to Paranormal Kool-Aid. Hey, hey, we got, hey. that's the first, that is that's the first time we've ever gotten applause. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got applause that one time, but it was only when the cop showed up, and it was really embarrassing. And, uh, that's that's we okay, that's what, we pay these, the, this group of people, we kick them in the pants every once in a while to, to go ahead and clap, but you guys are live on the air with us here at Paranormal Kool-Aid with a Rabbi Sid. <laughs> Do you guys have a question for Rabbi? Um, man, I'll let you take it first, and then I'll put my question out there. But, hey, thank you, brother, so much for having us on, man. It, it's fantastic. We've actually tied in our program, um, so we are simulcasting with um, Full Spectrum Radio right now. So our listeners are your listeners. Awesome. Thank and you all. And I, I think we've got some fantastic minds together. So, Matt, go ahead with your question, and then I'll hit them with mine, brother. You know what? As far as the die by box, uh, watching a lot of stuff, uh, and I'm not uh, Jewish myself, but um, there's been a lot of focus around uh, Jesus and uh, Judaism and everything uh, in that that realm. <clears throat> um mm-hmm. One thing I noticed, and especially right before you guys went to went to the quick little audio break, that you were talking about the the box being encased in gold. Well, certain people, if coffee's not involved, that they say that it smells like urine or sulfur or uh, any of those uh, or minerals of that sort. Um, what's the chance that it just wasn't? that pure because all of those minerals that'll give off that, that, that scent, um, are actually involved in the gold casing process. I've not, I've not really seen anything that says it was encased in gold. I did hear something about acacia wood, um, which uh, was used for the Ark of the Covenant in the Bible. Um, I saw something like that, but I haven't seen that it was encased in gold. I would think that since the thing was, uh, the box was on eBay for sale, the gold might really push the price up beyond what any normal person could afford to do. Uh, so I'm I'm not exactly sure that that's a that that's a true. Uh, statement. I haven't. It could be, but I haven't seen it. Oh, but okay. could it make? Could it make that smell? Um, you know, honestly, I wish I were close enough to that much gold to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Completely agree with you there. <laughs> All righty, guys. Next question. All right. Well, this is Dennis. And I'm actually going to throw mine at Mark and Debbie. Um, it's wonderful to talk to the two of you. Um, what? I guess my best question is, um, how do you distinguish what is and what is not something from beyond and 
you know, what is the best EVP that you've actually captured thus far? I realize that's kind of a standard question, but... Well, my thing is, um, well, there's so many, and, I'm, you know, I'm sure we'll be back on the show again, but I was kind of interested in hearing what Rabbi had to say, but <laughs> I don't know, Mark, do you want to answer that real quick? I guess the best one I could have, I've gotten is thank you, but we've done it at the Goldfield Hotel because it was just so clear, but... I don't mean to be rude. I just kind of hesitated to sit on to the second hour because, you know, I don't want to move in on someone else's time. But I don't know. I'm pretty interested in Dybbuk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I would. Um, I would say, you know, when you get into kind of when you delve into uh, EVP a little bit deeper you know, you come to realize that the most important aspect of of recording for EVP is controlling your environment. You know, that's why, you know, I think sort of kind of we've made our niche with, you know, um, rec- doing a recording for a minute and then turning around and playing it right back in front of everybody. But we kind of have it down so much now to where, you know, we've got it to where we tell people, okay, take five minutes, you know, sit on the floor, put your equipment out, do whatever you need to do, um, you know, get comfortable. So when we turn the recorder on, there's not a lot of movement. And if you whisper, it, it, which it will happen in every single investigation, just say it was you so we can mark the recorder so that we're not listening back a month later uploading them into the computer thinking we have EVP when it was summoning someone in the back room, you know, right. talking. So I think that's the most important part is controlling your environment, and I think that's nine, that will take up probably 99% of um, take care of, I should say, 99% of your false uh, EVP. Right. Is All right. By doing that one aspect. That's, like more. that's why. Wait. Listen, because it's not your hour. But I just want to say real quick. The as far as uh, Rabbi, the the one thing I, I know there was one book written on the Dippet Box. Now I didn't read it, but some a friend of mine did tell me. Now I don't know if it was encased in gold or where the gold came out, but I do remember him saying, and he's pretty credible that. I guess the more gold it gets, the happier it gets, and the less it acts out with the smell of ammonia. So that's where that came from, Mm -hmm. and it's just hearsay. But I'm sorry to interrupt you, but go on. No, 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 that's okay. You know, it's become kind of an urban legend, and there are so many stories now about this box that uh, uh, it's gotten more and more interesting over time, as some of these stories do. Mm -hmm. Right. you know, and, and Rabbi, we have got so many chat. Just like we had the first hour with, uh, with with Debbie and Mark, we've just got so many questions. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ask the first chat question. I'm going to go ahead and I'll throw it to Chandra. Uh, but this first chat question comes from Kara Davidson, and she wants to know: Does the Jewish faith have an equivalent of the the Catholic exorcism? You know, we don't talk about it very much, and it is. Uh, it's rarely done, but we actually do. Uh, it involves sounding a ram's horn and saying uh, different psalms and prayers. Uh, the ram's horn, the sound of the ram's horn, forces 
the Dybbuk or the spirit uh, to leave. And so we do have it, but again, it's very, very rarely used. In non-Orthodox Judaism, it's probably not even known by most people. Wow. Uh, Jamie, uh, do you have, a, do you have another chat question? Uh, yeah, I actually have one from Wild Bill. He wants to know because he, uh, I think he said he frequents a historical Jewish cemetery. He wants to know why do they place rocks on the top of the cemetery headstones? That is a very good question. Um, first of all, we do not use flowers at funerals. And the reason is because flowers are a sign of life. Um, for example, a man is supposed to give his wife flowers before the beginning of the Sabbath and, and things like that. So we try not to mix our metaphors in Jewish tradition. Now, that's why we, you don't see a lot of people putting uh, flowers by graves. The reason we use stones is because way back in ancient times, when you would bury someone, like in Israel, uh, you would not use a casket and you would not use a vault. You would wrap them in shrouds and you would simply bury them. Now, the problem with that when you're living in an area that has a lot of sandy soil is that if you're not careful, predators and animals will come and dig up the body. And so what you would do is you would place a, uh, a bunch of stones on top of the grave. And that would keep away the animals. It would make it impossible for them to dig it up. Every so often, because of the environment, you would go back to that grave and you would repile the stones on top. Today, we simulate that by putting a stone on top of a... Uh, on top of a gravestone, like a pebble on top of a gravestone. And that symbolizes that someone was there and this is someone who was cared about and, uh, and that kind of thing. Whenever I go to a Jewish cemetery it, to visit a family member or something like that, we always try to figure out who was there when we find the stones on top. So, uh, um, so that's why we do it. It's based on a very ancient tradition. Oh, that's really, really cool. I never knew that. That is awesome. Um, okay, uh, Chandra, let's go ahead and, and give them the next chat question. Hi, Rabbi Sid. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, I have a chat question. Um, it's from Eric H.E., and he wants to know, do men of the cloth get looked down upon for being involved in the paranormal? And I'm assuming what whatever you wear, you know, that you're because you're a a, a religious authority figure. Does it do you do some of your circles look down upon your interest in the paranormal? You know, I'm sure that there are some that would. Um, to be honest with you, I'm pretty quirky anyway, uh, okay. so I suppose they would expect it from me, but. Um, uh, but in Judaism, we don't we don't really relate to each other that way. Uh, it's not like we have authorities like bishops and things like that. Rabbis are uh, uniquely in the service of their congregation, and they can come and go as they please. So, um, so no, I don't I don't think anybody would look down on me. Of course, being that it's me, they would think that it's probably just part of my personality anyway. So, uh, 
So no, I've I've now after this tonight, when so many people now know about my interest in the paranormal, we'll see what happens <laughs> tomorrow. But uh, but so far so good. You start getting those knocks on your door and your your emails. Uh, what were you doing last night at you know nine o'clock at night? Uh, yeah, that ought to be fun. But I tell you what, uh, Rabbi, we've got a, we've got a caller. We've got a couple callers calling in for you. And let's go ahead and let's take the first caller. Uh, this is Laura, and she's calling us from Tacoma, Washington. Uh, Laura, you are live on Paranormal Kool Aid with Rabbi Sid. How are you doing this evening? Pretty good. How are you? Good, good. Laura, you got your question. Go for it. Yeah. Um, my question was about the Dybbuk uh, box. How long has this been around? And I guess it's a two-part question. What exactly is it for again? I may have missed something. We were kind of eating dinner and preparing dinner. Well, you know, I didn't catch up on the chat, and, um, you know, I can kind of drift off a little bit, you know, mind-wise. I didn't quite catch. What exactly is it for, and what does it look like? Yeah, it's um, that's a very good question, Laura, and uh, I hope it's it's warm in Tacoma. Um, we're expecting winter back any minute in Wisconsin. Uh, Actually, the wind's blowing and it's about to rain again, but we got a uh, lot of those flowers. So, <laughs> thank you. The uh, the box itself is interesting in the fact that it's not really that interesting. It is a wine box where they would have kept bottles of wine, uh, you know, uncorked bottles of wine, and um, it is not from what we've been able to see it's not particularly old it may Mm -hmm. date back to about the 1930s but it's not like it's uh it's some ancient box they pulled out of the sand you know indiana jones style uh Mm -hmm. it's it's a pretty common kind of box and uh is not particularly old so what exactly is it used for it was to keep wine in so it's uh, it's not very big. Um, I mean, uh, you know. paranormal-wise, I had assumed that it had something to do with uh, the paranormal in general. Like, for, I think my husband was asking, is it something like the that um, mirrored box that captures a spirit or something or tries to get it out of a house during an investigation? And I think not. No, not at all. Uh, the box itself, except for the fact that on the back is somebody has um, chiseled out of the wood the Shema, which is Hero Israel, the Lord our God, is, the Lord is one, which is not only our most basic belief, uh, it's directly from the book of Deuteronomy, but is also used for protection against evil. So, okay. Um, that's the only feature of it, of the box itself, that's really unique. But no, it, it's just a very ordinary box that people would have kept bottle, a bottle or two of wine in. Okay, so it, it's not basically involving anything in a, a paranormal investigation, per se. It's just mainly for a family protection sort of a deal. Well, I, originally it was just a box to keep wine in, and then somehow all of these other things got infused into it. Uh, but it, it didn't start off being anything with paranormal uh, intentions. Mm-hmm. Well, I can definitely research it later. I have a quick question for Mark and Debbie about Pearl Bryan. 
and um, on my end, but on their end, basically, uh, Debbie, you had mentioned something about um, being able to, at some point in your paranormal careers, being able to solve crimes with the information that you've been getting, and that is actually something of a great interest for me as well. Um, we've gotten some information from Pearl Bryan, myself, and Wanda Kay at separate times that coincided with each other, one that I did not know about. She had never told anyone. And the information was almost identical that Pearl had told us both, and we were, um, it was regarding the location of her skull. What is your opinion on how to go about getting the right people involved with that? I mean, it's over 100 years ago, and we're, you know, thinking there might be a lot more to that as well. We think that there's, uh, there's obviously evidence that there was more stuff going on with uh, Scott Jackson than just Pearl. Right. Well, you know, to be honest with you, as far as... Um you know, solving crimes, we haven't actually solved any. What we did do, there was a, oh, God, the Brianna Dennison case here in Reno, and it was so close to home that we did a couple blasts. You know, we were giving numbers to license plates. They told us trucks sold. I mean, it was tangible stuff that actually did come to surface. But uh, how do you know if you're getting the right information? I don't think you do. You don't. You don't. I mean, it's almost like anybody I believe in good, I believe in evil, and I believe we have no idea where the information is coming from. We know it's tangible, we know it's paranormal, we know it's real, but can it hurt? How do you go about giving it to up to the cops? I'll try to be as quick as I can. You know, I said to Mark, not for nothing, but, you know, we're getting stuff. And I said, if we don't give it to the right authorities, you almost want to cry. It's like we're not worth getting it. And so as scary as it was, I went to the place on 2nd Street here in Reno, and I went to the window with the, you know, bulletproof glass, and I said, listen, you're going to think I'm crazy, but would you just listen to this? And believe it or not, they listened to it right off the recorder. They wrote down a few notes, and, you know, the lieutenant we worked with is now retired, but, you know, I do believe if you're for the right reasons, you're getting tangible stuff to where you can let them hear right off the recorder, you know, you my, my suggestion is to work for free. You don't want to, you know, you know, why would you, you know, it's it's for a cause. Why would you get paid anyway? But, you know, show them you're in it for the right reasons, and perhaps you can do the right things, you know, with the information. Well, I think what she was, and if I'm wrong, correct me, what she was more asking is what we did was easier to do to go to the authorities, although I was afraid because. Well, no, I'll tell you, I, I was terrified because there was UPS first, trucks. Well, Stop it in front of our house, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, we have information nobody else knew. They think we did it. Right, you know? and, and obviously that would be the first thing that would come to a detective's mind because I think it was at a time where they hadn't solved the it. leads uh, were drying up. So the first thing that I thought was, you know, you're right. If we don't give it up to the right authorities, we're not worth, we're not worthy of getting it. But... Having said that, I knew damn well that once we walked into that um, police station and sat down with detective, the first thing he was that was going to run through his mind was that Debbie and I had something to do with it. I mean, I have no doubt. Yeah, but I but think I it... think what but I think if you're asking a question is, it was easier for us to do it. But <laughs> if I'm asking if if I'm taking your question right, is it because you're talking about such a lapse in time? Well, I, I tell you what, Mark, what we had to do is we had to go ahead. We've got so many callers that were trying to get into to Rabbi. 
is that I had right. to go ahead and, and, and move to the next person. So, uh, but before we go, before we go to any more questions, I will let you guys know. Those of you that are listening out out right now in Paranormal Kool Aid Land, we are going to have to go into overtime because we've only actually got eight minutes left in this show. So, if you're going to want to listen to the rest of the conversation that's going to go on, I'm going to need you to call into the studio now, and the phone number is six four six. 929-2384. If you wait, you're not going to get to listen to what's going to be live on the air. The chat will still be going, and you'll still be able to communicate in the chat. But in eight minutes, if you are not in the studio at 646-929-2384, you will not be able to hear the rest of this conversation. So, uh, Rabbi, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ask you the next question that comes to us uh, from our from our chat. Um, oh my goodness, I lost the chat questions here. Uh, I'll, I'm just going to ask you my own question. Um, when you when you became does does a rabbi or a person studying the Jewish faith as you as you're going through? I, I imagine people come to you with their questions, you know, you know, why is this happening to me? Why is that happening to me? Mm-hmm. Um, what has been the most interesting paranormal question that has been posed or the paranormal problem that has been posed to you? And how, how did you deal with it? What was it something? You don't have to give us names, but just the scenario and the, and, and the suggestions that you would give to somebody. Oh, goodness. Um, I think that the the most interesting one that I've ever had to deal with was there is a, uh, or there was a house up north of here um, that was in the shape of a boat. And it was built by the head of a boat building company um, right on the, the shores of Lake Michigan. And there was a young couple. I did their wedding at this house, so I got to see it. And the house was uh, set standalone with four garages set up uh, a distance away. In any case, the family called me pretty soon after the wedding in the middle of winter and said they had to come down and talk to me right away. To make a long story short, it was very cold in this house. And the husband went out to turn on the extra generator, which was in the garage, Uh, so when he got out to the garage, he turns on the generator, and from a corner of the garage, he hears someone say, thank you, it's cold in here. Wow. So he immediately turned on the lights, and there was no one there. Ran back to the house, became physically ill, and they called me the next day. Now, the back story of this is, the, the rumor is that the man who built the house married a much younger woman. And for some reason, when he got into his car in the garage, the car blew up and he died. And, um, and so that's kind of the backstory. There were other things that happened there also. They would go out and all four garage doors would be closed. They'd come back and that, that one door would be open. Um, or they would leave it open, they'd come back, and it was closed. They eventually simply moved out of the house. And uh, I gave them some some prayers to say. I mean, there was nothing threatening really about it uh, in terms of, you know, no demonic voices yelling, get out, or blood dripping from the walls, or any of that sort of thing. 
but, uh, but they were pretty freaked out about it, and they eventually did move, and I think that the house has been, has been raised. Uh, it's been destroyed since then. Wow. Um, I, I believe we do have uh, another caller for you, Rabbi. Uh, Chandra, uh, the, the next caller, it, I believe it's, uh, it's Joe from Massachusetts. So let's go ahead and let's get Joe on. Joe, you're live on the Paranormal Kool-Aid with Rabbi. Are you here? Yes, I am. All right, Joe, you got a question for Rabbi? Yeah. Um, what was one of the most creepiest investigations or things you've been a uh, part of and why? Um, well, to be, to be very honest with you, I've never been on a paranormal investigation. Uh, I have, uh, I've thought about doing that. Um, you know, Jewish tradition kind of says these things exist, don't mess with them. And so that's been sort of a rule of thumb, although I'm very curious to go on an investigation at some point in the future. Um, I would have to say, though, that there are creepy things or there are paranormal things, I think, that happen to everybody. Um, After my mother passed away, for example, uh, whenever we would talk about her, Um, the electricity to some of the clocks in the house would go off and there would be noises in the closet. Now, I don't know why she would be interested in moving things around in the closet, but uh, it was just something that happened. And we didn't didn't look at it exactly as, as creepy. We looked at it as affirming. You know, for her letting us know that uh, that she was around and that she was okay, um, and I've spoken to grief counselors who will tell you that most people, when they lose a loved one, will have some kind of paranormal experience, but are too afraid to talk about it. Uh, I've been told it's close to ninety, ninety-five percent of people will have an experience. Um. My next question, thank you so much. Um, My next question to you is, um, I have a couple here. How how are saints and demons viewed as compared to the way Christians view them? Like, how do you guys see them in your your religion? Well, you know, we don't don't really have, uh, we have saints being that they're good people, and we have great Jews that we look up to, um, but we don't sort of have a list like the Catholic Church does and a big ceremony and all of that. Um, in terms of demons, Judaism doesn't look on, uh, we don't have some of the same views about Satan that Christians might have, because in the Hebrew Bible, if you look in Job or if you look in Isaiah, Satan is the prosecuting attorney in the court of heaven. Um, and so we don't see Satan as sort of vying with God, but we do have stories, very old stories about demons who are called in Hebrew Shedim, and they're more like chaotic, uh, kinds of beings. Uh, Solomon, according to Jewish tradition, was able to control them by use of a ring and a magic a book and things like that so they they are there but they would be more in the in the the nature of like uh you know nature spirits or untamed spirits who had never lived 
Um, and so that's, that's kind of where it is. We don't talk much about those kinds of things in Judaism. We, we really don't. So, um, so that's kind of where it is. I know it's a little bit different, but, uh, you know, if you want to follow up, that's okay. Right, right. Um, and uh, is there any uh, ritual that, they, that you have that a person has um, as far as when they die, as far as like last ritual and then last rite, like a form of last rite that is supposed to help them with, with passing over as far as cleansing or anything like that? Yes, we do. Um, we do have a last rite where we ask that God accept our death as payment for any sins that we may have committed during our lives. And the last thing that we say is the prayer that I referred to before, the Shema, which is, Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, as our last declaration of faith. And so uh, that is the last thing you're supposed to say before you pass away. It's also the last thing you say before you go to sleep, which is kind of interesting, too. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Um, before uh, before we move on, I do, I do want to let everybody know that we are now into overtime. So um, if you guys are are listening to us live through the chat or through the studio, um, the chat is still open, so you can still ask your questions in the chat to Jan, and Jan will get them to us. Um, but for now, it's pretty much just going to be a, a conversation between between all, all of us here that are that are live on the air. So. Um, Rabbi, I do want to, uh, to thank you. If you could please, if you don't mind staying on, just maybe about another 15, 20 minutes longer. That's not a problem. Oh, fantastic. Um, Chandra, I, I know that, that, uh, that Jamie was, was going to help you out real quick and, and, and help you, but before you get to, to, to that question, I do want to ask you, um, when, when a person passes in the Jewish faith, uh, just for example, we you know in, in Catholicism we have a rosary, we we pray for them, and you know and, and we do that. Does is there a special um, do, do do you encourage people to to try to reach out to their family members that have passed after, which is kind of like what you know an EVP session would would almost be like, is is as asking your ancestors for communication. Is 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 that something that that the Jewish faith does? Um, you know, it's interesting, because the Jewish faith does, doesn't deny that it can be done, but you're not supposed to do it. Um, mm-hmm. there, there is a story in the book of Samuel about King Saul going to a medium, the witch of Endor, and actually speaking to the prophet, to the prophet Samuel, even though he's the same king who decided you, you got the death penalty if you went to a witch and tried to contact your dead relatives. So, not Debbie and Mark, not saying that you guys are witches. Just, <laughs> just to be clear here. Okay? Okay. All right, stop. Let me talk. You don't just, know Debbie just, very well. <laughs> just <laughs> illustrating the, the point of it. So, again, the, the general thing is we acknowledge that these things exist, but you don't mess with them. Um, and, you know, there are, even, there are even laws in Judaism about, you know, don't spend the night. If you're on the road, and in those days, you know, on the road meant you were walking uh, or you were on a donkey or something, don't spend the night in a ruin because there are dangerous things there. Hmm. Um, 
And so the, the general idea is uh, this works, this stuff exists, but don't mess with it. So, so I'm going to ask you a, a follow-up to, to that question. And, and you know, I, Debbie and, and Mark, they kind of alluded to it in their first hour. But I'm kind of in the, in the mode of thinking as I've, as I've investigated places that it doesn't necessarily – you don't have to be in the dark to, to, to capture ghost, ghostly activity. You can be, it can be during the day. Um, it can be anywhere um, because, I've, I mean, I've had all – you know, I've had experiences during the day at a, at a, at a really normal location – you know, nothing necessarily paranormal about the place, but have experiences there. And, and I think that the best example that I could give to somebody who's ever asked is if, you, if it's anybody's ever seen the movie City of Angels. And mm-hmm. there's, a, sure. there's, a scene, there's, a, there's a scene in the movie where there, there's, I don't remember exactly where they are, I believe it's the hospital, and you look, they're, they're looking, you can see all of the, the angels, and, the, and the, they're looking down, and it's just like, you know, row and row and row of, of, of people. And, you know, I, I would imagine that from the beginning of time to now, how many people have passed? How many of those people have moved on or are waiting to move on or whatever your particular faith, the story goes? You know, I, I would imagine it's, you know, the afterlife, if you're not in the place your faith believes you to go, is a pretty crowded place. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't I, that, and that's just kind of my thinking is why wouldn't it be everywhere? I mean, you said not ruins, but, you know, couldn't it be everywhere? Oh, yeah, and, and I think that that's, uh, that that's probably true. Now, we, you need to take into account uh, in Jewish mysticism and Kabbalah, we actually believe in reincarnation. So some of those spirits might come back, and that would ease the overcrowding, I assume. Um, but, uh, yeah, I certainly think that there, and, and Judaism acknowledges that there are spirits around us, that there are angels around us, um, and, uh, and that they do sometimes interact with us. So I think that that would be true. I I think when you, when we talk about, you know, don't spend the night in ruins, you know, who spends time in, in ruins if you're a spirit? Um, paranormal investigators do, though. That's for t- well, <laughs> paranormal investigators, but I mean, for goodness sake, I mean, who would want to live at Schloss Furnace, for example? Um, <laughs> I'm going to be living there for a weekend, that's for darn sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chandra, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw it to you. I know you have questions. Yeah, this is kind of sort of what we're talking about. Um, okay, how, here's another one. How do you feel about death? life differ from the culturally accepted ones most of us are used to? Um, you mean like a heaven and a hell or something like that? Yes. The, you know, like the most common perception. Yeah. It, this is an interesting thing because Jewish tradition doesn't tell us what to believe about the afterlife. In fact, in Judaism, we don't really talk about it very much at all. Um, Our job is to follow the commandments, to do deeds of kindness in this world, and then the other world will take care of itself. So there's no one set belief in Judaism about what happens after you die. 
Uh, as I said, there are some Jews who believe in reincarnation. There are some Jews who believe in heaven. There, you know, the, the rabbis of ancient times talked about hell, but not in a serious way. It was a place you went for a year, and you got every Sabbath off for good behavior. So they were not real serious about that. Um, but Jews can really have any uh, belief in the afterlife that they want. Modern Judaism, though, does have one tradition that we do believe in, and that is that there will be a resurrection of the dead at the end of time, which is similar to Christian belief also. Wow, I'm right. so confused right now. <laughs> because, well, yeah, no, which is like, okay, the whole thing about uh, the difference between what I believe in, you know, like what Catholics believe and what the Jewish religion believes, uh, that Jesus never resurrected. Am I correct? So that, that, that is the difference right there, right? Yes. Well, I mean, there, okay. there are a number of differences. Some of them are related to Jesus, and some of them are actually more related to Paul and what he did uh, in terms of setting up Christianity as it exists today. But um, Jesus was essentially a Pharisee. He was a rabbi. And the Pharisees were one of the groups in ancient times, 2,000 years ago, that believed that at the end of time there would be a, resur a general resurrection of all the dead. Um, we still believe that today. Um, we don't necessarily believe that Jesus was resurrected. But, you know, in the, in the time that Christians call the second coming, there is a belief in Christianity that there will be a general resurrection of everybody who died. So the idea of resurrection is not foreign to Judaism. Uh, Jesus himself being resurrected would be foreign to Judaism. Yes. I'm so confused. <laughs> We totally need to go out and have a drink and, and get discussing on stuff because I need to get this. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 trying I'm trying here uh, to be clear, but I, Jews and Christians wonderful. Jews and Christians believe that at the end of time everybody will be resurrected, and okay. that um, but that's with what Christians call the second coming. We call it the first coming. Really, the only thing we dis disagree with is who's going to show up. <laughs> All right. Who's be? That, that's kind of layman's terms, yeah. The, the 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 drum roll, the drum roll of who's going to be there, yeah, right. and, with, and whether that's you right. pick the right side. Over my head. <laughs> that's right. Which which Messiah is going to be there? Yes. <laughs> Watch, it'll but, be Buddha. Yeah, there you go. We've all got it wrong, you know. Or you know, it's one of those things that you know, as I've as I've done these investigations and I've learned and I've had. You know, the, the girls can, you know, we talk about this every single Wednesday, is that each show is like a, um, it's like going to school. We get to hear different opinions and different different uh, ways of thinking, and it, and it puts so much question out there that, you know, if you don't have that base or that foundation of, of where you're going to come from, you could really get lost. Um, I mean, there's different people that think that what we're vet investigating and we're looking for, we're actually speaking to, to aliens, to to you know, uh, unidentified voices that what Mark and Debbie are picking up or are aliens trying to communicate with us. You know, there's, there's just a whole wide spectrum of, 
of beliefs in all of this. And, and it's, mm-hmm. I think that's where you have to have your foundation, what you believe in, what your core belief is. And then, you know, you kind of, you know, you mold it and you figure out what, you know, what's the best way for, and the best fit for you. Um, Rabbi, are, are you on any of the social medias or, uh, or anything where I, I know that there's so many people have got so many other questions for you, and I definitely want to have you back on. I'm going to explain it just a little bit, but I want to give you the opportunity to, if someone wants to contact you and, and has you know, spiritual questions for you, where, where could they reach you? Um, I'm on Facebook, just Rabbi Sid Weinberg. Rabbi Sid is one word. And uh, so that's probably the best place to get me. Okay. All I'm right, also then, on LinkedIn. Uh, Oh, perfect. So. I'll tell you what, those of you that are still in the chat, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put uh, Rabbi's, uh, go ahead and link it there so that you all will be able to see it. And I'll also post it in our, um, in, in our face, on our Facebook page. And, and Debbie and Mark, I, if you know, they haven't figured out how to get you, then, then they've definitely been off the screen for I don't know how long. <laughs> no, I'm on Facebook now looking for them. <laughs> yeah. I just put them in, I just put them in the chat. Um, but, uh, uh Definitely. I, I guess the the next question, I guess, um, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to, to Jamie or Chandra or Mark and Debbie. It's it's kind of a free-for-all. Whoever wants to jump in first, it's your it's your question. Okay. Well, I got a quick question. Um, this, uh, what do you think about people doing investigations at Holocaust and museums? Um, you know, I've thought about that. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that at this point it's still too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have relatives that are alive, uh, and it is—it's such a tremendous thing that I—I I certainly would not go to one. Um, I also think that I don't think that mo- even most paranormal investigators have dealt with the kind of pain and the massive amounts of energy that would be in a, in a Holocaust investigation. And I'm not sure that everybody would be able to handle it. Mark and Debbie, of course they would. But, uh, well, no, um, I think that, that, uh, to me that would, be, that would be a location that, in my book, would be totally off limits. Yeah, it would be yeah, just I, it, to it, honor just, it. And, yeah, I, I just I just wouldn't think it would be a good idea, and um, it may prove to be extraordinarily dangerous, especially yeah. if the spirits there are not just the spirits of the victims, but also the spirits of Nazis. You don't want to exactly. deal with them. Or whatever barked in, in the Nazis' ear to make them do that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, there's an energy, and I don't know if you want to call it a demon or an angel, whatnot, but there's definite evil, and it's beyond maybe our comprehension what happened there. And, you know, Mark and I don't do graveyards. We do if we're just visiting them <laughs> to leave them flowers or to talk. But in general, if we do any locations, we don't do Native American uh, burial grounds and we don't do graveyards only because it's just, we believe, disrespectful. If there's any place where they should rest, it should be the graveyard. So right. we don't and, that out there. I think that's I think that's terrific. I think that's very honorable and uh, absolutely the right the right way to go. Yeah, well, we've learned we've learned a lot from you too. It was great talking to you. Well, definitely, thank you. Definitely. 
Um, you know, this is just remind everybody that you are listening to the Paranormal Kool-Aid. Uh, we broadcast live every Wednesday night uh, on Blog Talk. You can catch us on Stitcher if you're missing. If you're just catching the tail end, you can catch her. You know, you can watch, listen to us on iTunes. We have some really great things coming up in the future. Uh, we're, we're evolving, and we're going to get, you know, bigger and better every week, especially when we have quality guests like, you know, the, two, the three that we've had on tonight. Um, Debbie and, and, and Mark, if you could just do me one more, more quick time, let everybody know. If they want to capture you, if they want to speak with you, how do we hear about you? Well, Debbie is Facebook queen. So she could she could let well, you know. Well, Debbie Mark Constantino, D E B B Y M A R K, spaces between Constantino, and we also have a fan, fan page, Mark Debbie. But once it's a fan page, you have no access. Debbie Mark, I'm still you know I drop fans off every day, but if you put a special request in, I can in a couple of days get you in there because we're up to 5,000 fans. But also www.spirits-speak.com. And, you know, any conferences, click the banner or email us through there, and we'll be glad to give you information. We're also on Twitter, right. the Constantino. Yes. And remember, you can follow us as well. Uh, Rabbi, again, if you want to let everybody know one more time where we find you. Yeah, I'm on Facebook uh, as Rabbi Sid, one word, Weinberg, V is in Victor, I-N-E-B-U-R-G. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly happy to, a- to answer any questions. Right. Um, you know, Rabbi, what, what my whole goal is, and, and you know, what, when I put shows like this together with Belinda, because Belinda is the one that helps us get these shows together, uh, what I, my goal is, you know, obviously to have Mark and Debbie come on and, and, and teach us and, and walk us through with their experience. And then also with someone like you, Rabbi, um, my goal is to actually have somebody from, as many faiths as I can on an individual basis, like we had with you, and then to kind of final wrap everything up in one roundtable type discussion with, you know, the different, the different faiths. Because personally, I believe that, you know, you have to have a faith, and, and this is all really about, we wouldn't have paranormal if there, if, you know, if, if there weren't, you know, Wiccans, if there weren't Christians, if there weren't, you know, Jewish people, if there weren't, you know, uh, Arab, Muslim, whatever you want to call it, I don't think that there would ever be um, paranormal. You know, there, there's, there's always, you know, with, with religion becomes, you know, there's superstition and faith and beliefs and all that. So I think it's an important discussion for everybody to learn and, and to broaden, you know, the, their their spectrum of, of, of what they know and, and, and experience. So um, I'm, I'm going to ask you, like I've asked everybody, like I asked Debbie and Mark before, if you could please say your name and say you've heard me on Paranormal Kool-Aid, I would greatly appreciate it because today has been one of my favorite shows of all time. Okay. I'm Rabbi Sid Weinberg, and you heard me on Paranormal Kool-Aid. Awesome. Um, Debbie and Mark, thank you so much for coming on. Rabbi Sid, thank you for spending all of you all's evening with us, those of you that are listening uh, to the Paranormal Kool-Aid on our overtime broadcast, thank you for sticking around. Uh, thank you for, uh, for helping us to tr- almost break the we, – we, we've been doing this like one of the last times. Uh, we, we, every time we're, we've kind of a growing, I guess, blog talk. We always seem to break down these, uh, the server here. So thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll be on live again next week. You have another great show. Uh, every week listen to us. On iTunes, if you missed us, Stitcher, 
Jamie Chandra, thank you all for coming on board. And for everybody behind the scenes that helps make this show possible, we're talking about uh, April Abercrombie, who does all of our awesome uh, photos that you see every week. Uh, Wild Bill, who's our great producer that creates all of these awesome sound effects and all of the, you know, the quick drops and, and breaks that you hear throughout the show. Pamela Croker, who does the, the setting up of our, our podcast and, and all of that that goes on. Belinda Clark Aki, we could not do it without her. Um, thank you all for, for helping us make this this awesome, awesome show happen. Uh, good night, everybody. Thank you so much, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night.
some friends. 